Good evening, good evening. This is yours truly, Christina. I'm here this evening um, with the president and CEO of Excellence Consulting, and we're going to talk a little bit about financial um, responsibilities. We um, took a break last week because we talked about Father's Day and we talked about the relationships of fathers and their children and all of that stuff. However, we're going back to our second segment, um, our second series on it, and we're going to talk about uh, credit scores and how you can raise it and how uh, things happen. So um, on the line, I have Mr. Jamal Boyd Sr., and he's going to give us some information, some tips. He's going to tell you his story about how he recovered his credit. And so you can email me and you can text me and um, and I'll just make sure that I get the questions over to Jamal. Is that okay, Mr. Boyd? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so, Mr. Boyd, listen, um, I found out about you. One, I used to go to Sharon Baptist Church. The other is... I saw you on um, on Facebook Live, and you were giving us a testimony about your um, journey to, with your credit. And I was very impressed about it. Um, a couple things kind of stood out uh, for me. Is one is that the uh, biblical aspect of your um, your journey, and the other part of it is the discipline that's needed uh, to get it done. So, could you tell us a little bit? about your story, how you got to it, and then we can get through um, and go through some uh, question and answers. Sure. Um, and you were um, going in and out a little bit, but I believe I heard your question about uh, the background and a little bit of, of my journey. Um, first, okay, well, I'll, I'll just continue and um, okay. Um, well, first I'll say, you know, to God be the glory that um, there is, cover from bad credit and it is by no function of my own that I was able to do it alone it was by you know much discipline and much prayer um, where you know I had to do a lot of damage control and the damage was done in college unfortunately and you know when I went to college I was offered um, just about every credit card under the sun yeah and you know took advantage of that because, you know, they were giving away a T-shirt or a beach ball or, you know, some type of incentive for signing up for these cards. And, you know, being young and, and stupid and not wise, not thinking about the implications of taking a credit card and spending money that you don't have without a job to pay the bill, it started a cycle that should have been... Um, combated by education, like a Money 101 course. Um, and unfortunately, you know, in college, we didn't have courses like that, particularly in the black community. And I went to an HBCU um, and, you know, wish I had the education or had somebody in my corner to tell me what to do and what not to do as it related to money and credit. But that continued to spiral as I got out of college. You know, you bought cars and did things that, you know, were associated with starting a new job and, you know, just really not being disciplined, paying bills on time and, you know, uh, doing all of the right things. And it led to the downward spiral of bad credit and, and, and debt and expenses that your salary or your income couldn't cover. 
and having to dig out of that was was a big challenge but that's what really started the spiral of bad credit and um you know that was part of where my my journey started and, but I, and you know fast what? forward and getting back i'm sorry and you know what i think that that is um i think that happened to maybe 80 percent, 80 85 percent of our our youth that they um they target when they get and, and it's their first year in college where they get them they haven't even gotten hot in their dorms before they um, <laughs> <laughs> before they give them this this wonderful opportunity but it's not just it's not just them it's some of these older adults too that um that that come and want to buy cars and 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 all that kind of stuff and then by the time they try to buy a home you know it takes them years to recover their credit so yeah you know so so i i guess let's you talked about college and you talked about um when they start to um recruit you start recruiting you and i call it wooing you into um going into debt so were you 18 were you in the first year when this happened yeah it it started my freshman year and i think i got my first card at that point and then you know in my sophomore year i probably picked up another card and in my junior year i picked up some revolving charges at stores like bloomingdale's and you know places that i like to shop to buy the clothes that i like to wear um (laughs) but didn't really you know want to have to pay the cash for it not realizing that the stuff that i was buying with the interest rates and not paying a month you know only paying a monthly minimum was causing me to have to pay for the same stuff that i liked you know, twice or with interest. Right. Now you can't find them sneakers and you still owe all the money on them. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? So, <laughs> so, listen, it's going to take you four years to pay for them sneakers uh, with the interest rate. So when you when you continue to give us some information, I want you to talk a little bit about the finance charge, that 24.99% um, um, that, that accumulates daily. Because some people think mm-hmm. that it's just... It just accumulates, you know, it's the same, but accumulates on a daily basis. So I want you to talk about that, too, because evidently you'll never get out of debt if you don't look at that, too, and transferring balances from one to another. So I'm going to let you um, kind of talk about it because this is very interesting to me. Sure. No. So, you know, I think the the first starting point um, as you know, you look to recover from, from bad debt or, you know, really looking at how to use credit in a way that benefits you versus hurts you. Um, you know, it, for me, it started with being motivated to buy a house. I got married um, back in 2001 and wanted to buy our first house. Credit wasn't that great, but it was good enough to buy a house. We bought our house in Philadelphia. And, you know, of course, because of where our credit scores were being, you know, um, in our 20s, we still had higher interest rates than we could have had if our credit was better. Um, But again, you know, being young and in love and, you know, just wanting to do the right thing and just, you know, getting into a home, we didn't get the best rate that we could have gotten had we had a little more credit discipline. But. Um, fast forward, you know, a number of years later, we moved to Ohio and, you know, I had been laid off from a job for two and a half years and not had full-time employment wow. and was not disciplined paying bills late and, you know, having 
my car almost repossessed and, you know, having uh, one of our cars actually get repossessed, um, you know, did a number on our credit. So by the time we moved to Ohio, our scores were in the 500. Oh. And, you know, I was not aware that you couldn't buy a house or get a loan underwritten with a score less than 660. And, you know, we went through a number of different processes and, and credit restore, um, restorative programs to help us get our credit back in order at least enough to buy a home and get approved for a loan. So the first thing I'll say is that, you know, what's your motivation to restore your credit? Um, you know, is it the fact that you want to buy something or is it just that you want to have a, a reasonable credit score that's worthy of you not having to pay more for things that you want out of life than you have to. Right. Mine was uh, was purchasing a home. And, you know, I thank God that he used that because it also helped me to be more disciplined spiritually with my financial resources. And the scripture that really challenged me and my wife and others around me was Malachi 3, 9 through 11, where, you know, God speaks about being cursed with a curse because we robbed God um, in our tithes and offerings. Um, and being able to first give God our tithe and offering and the first fruits of our increase versus, you know, having it the other way around, saying, well, I can't give to the church or I can't give to God or to the kingdom because i got to pay all these bills. So that's a discipline. I'm sorry. So that that started your journey on discipline. Yes. Is that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, God challenged me with the the opportunity to try him, you know, and put him first and to tithe first and pay the other stuff later or second in order to have him open up that window of heaven and pour that blessing out. And it was a hard struggle to, to do that. But once I started doing that, God did do what he said that he would do according to his word. And he held back that devourer, you know, because stuff about break it down. You know, the bill collectors started calling left and, you know, people would bless us, um, you know, with the difference of things that, you know, my $9.50 salary sets off this. Um, couldn't cover, you know, for a family of four. Right. Wow. And, uh, and one on the way. Wow. <laughs> you know? Well, so, Jamal. You know, God moved uh, in, in a major way there, Christina, and uh, that started the journey, you know, back when I had to shift my mindset about tithing and, and giving and, um, again, you know, looking uh, forward as we moved and the motivation to buy a home came on board. That was another part of the journey that helped us start to turn things around. Um, I would say that we also need to be transparent, you know, because I think particularly in the black community and for black men, I could speak for myself, you know, we don't want people knowing that we got bad credit. You know, we don't want people in our business. But they don't. And but listen, was, you you don't want nobody to know it. But it's so obvious. You don't think people know it, but it's just so, it, you know, it is it's still obvious. You're absolutely right. I'm sorry. I just had to right. say that. No, no. I mean, because, you know, it, it was that whole um, concept of, you know, trying to look blessed instead of being blessed. Yes. And, you know, we, we put that 
facade on that we don't want people to be able to pull back the covers. But in the credit restoring process, I had to open up and tell, you know, this person, this stranger, all of my, my bad business that I didn't want them to know in order to help me. And, you know, I think as a tip, I would say, you know, you have to be transparent, you have to be open, you have to tell your story in order to get the help that you need to get the scores that you want. Um, again, I was in the 500s, and I, I had to share all of how I got there in order for him to put together a plan to help me recover from the damage that I had done. And So how long was this? Went through a how long? How long was this from the time you uh, got your first credit card to the time you had to go to restorative credit? Ooh, um, so 1993 was when I got my first credit card. I think 1993 or 94 when I was in college in my freshman year, and then you know again to 2000 and well, I really didn't start the restorative process until I, 2013 when I moved to Ohio and was trying to buy a house. Wow. So, you know, and, and that's a great question too, because people think you can fix this stuff overnight. Um, and it takes years or it takes moments to damage your credit, but years to recover. Yes. Yes. And, you know, that discipline and that um, that process that you have to go through, it you know, it can be frustrating. It makes you want to give up, you know, because i I going through, and I think I shared this on the Facebook Live, you know, I had um, um, gone back and forth with the um, mortgage company trying to get underwritten for a loan, and it seemed like every time I hit the milestone, they told me to hit, they raised the bar. Yes. So, you know, they were like, you need a 620. I got the 620. They came back with like, you need a 650. I'm like, well, wait a minute. You just told me I needed a 620. Um, but, you know, I had to uh, get derogatories moved off of my credit. Mm -hmm. Inquiries um, dropped. I had to work with creditors to try and get them to, you know, forgive certain things um, on my credit report in order for that score to go up. So it's a lot of work with me. I am so sure that it is. Well, you know what? And it was um, it was a long time. And, and most people have that same concept. Their, their story is so similar to yours. Um, and then they don't know until they get to a certain point. Well, first of all, as youth, we get these credit cards because they sound good and everything, but they don't even read the fine print. And so, right. uh, you know, it, it, it talks about what they're going to take from you and if you're late and all this kind of stuff. And so um, I think that if we encourage people to kind of, before they put their name on the dotted line, to kind of read the fine print to see what it is that's going to happen. Now, when we come back, we're going to go on break. So when we come back, I want you to talk a little bit about the finance charge, the um, the situations where you have to, uh, where companies will forgive some things um, and things like that. Because I think people don't answer their telephones when, the, when they call because they think they're going to go yeah. away. <laughs> and they're not going away, uh, but they will work with you on certain deals. And, but it stays on your credit. So I want you to talk about that when we get back. We're going to take a break right sure. now. Those that want to um, have questions for Jamal, I need you to email me or text me or um, contact us on the uh, for Primetime Power. I think it's what? PPS? Yep. 
At primetimepowershow.com. PPS at primetimepowershow.com. Or Facebook or Twitter. Or Facebook and Twitter. We'll be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is yours truly, Christina, and this segment is from a woman's perspective. We're talking um, to Mr. Jamal Boyd. He's all the way in Ohio. He's giving us some uh, credit tips, gave us a little bit about his uh, background. And so the first segment was wonderful, and I thank you so much for doing that. So now let's let's talk a little bit about what the steps are that um, that we need if we're interested in getting our credit together. We know faith is number one, um, but, tell, but tell us some of the other steps that we need to do that. And we know that it's going to take a while. So we know we need to kind of pay for, pray for patience. Yes. That was that step two. You know, I think faith is number one clearly and being able to be faith focused is essential. You know, second, having patience because as, as long as it took you to get into credit uh, damage or, or a bad credit situation, it's going to take essentially twice as long to get out in some cases. But with great discipline, which is another component, you can recover faster. And, you know, it, it requires a lot of, of communication with your creditors, um, knowing how to negotiate with them. Um, and you talked about the um, annual percentage rate and reading the fine print and taking the creditor's call. Um, be prepared for those conversations. Don't avoid them um, because there's a lot that can work in your benefit when you're willing to work with your creditors um, and working with them to remove inquiry that helps to boost your credit score. Working with them to negotiate the percentage rates because you can negotiate their percentage rate. Just because it says that it's 29.99% doesn't mean that that's what you have to pay. You can actually negotiate that down. And particularly when you are in a good credit situation, you can dictate in most cases um, what your credit um, annual percentage rate can be. Um, because I've done that. I've, my score has improved from a five, a mid 500 all the way up to 801 um, with the last score that I um, had checked and you know again nothing but the grace of God that has allowed me to get there but you know being disciplined being patient working with the creditors and also being able to negotiate the terms and conditions of your credit card I actually had one of my credit cards that I used and this is another part of the process Christina um, uh, Capital One has a credit card that allows you to help improve your credit scores and I had applied for that, and the original um, credit uh, limit was $500 on that card. Over time and good payment history and paying everything on time, using that card only for things that I was spending cash for anyway, but I would buy things on the card and then immediately pay it off um, with the cash that I was going to spend that helped to boost my score. It also put me in a position to improve my credit limit on that card from $500 all the way up to $10,000. And, mm -hmm. you know, those are the negotiables that we don't know about because, again, as you have more discipline and you're paying things on time, it improves your credit worthiness. So, again, I went from 500 to 1000 
a thousand to three thousand, three thousand to seven thousand, and seven thousand to ten thousand in terms of a credit limit on a card, and that makes you unfortunately more worthy of other credit because you don't <laughs> right. have the discipline to stay away from the card. Yes, yes, yes. And and yeah. just because it's ten thousand dollars doesn't mean that you need to spend the ten thousand dollars or use absolutely or, or use the credit <laughs> card to get your to get your house renovated or get your house done and you be the moved and you still paying on getting that that kitchen that you got remodeled off of that credit card for someone else right. to live and in right. My my discipline and my motto is I only use my credit for credit worthiness. Right. And that means that if I don't have the cash to pay that bill off before the bill is due, I don't buy it. I don't right. use the card. Yeah. So, you know, if I need to get something remodeled or done, you know, of course it's good to have an emergency basis. You sure. know, we all might run into a crisis, the hot water heater breaks or, let you know, the, the AC goes and you have to use it for that and right. pay it off incrementally. But if it's something that I don't need right now or can wait until I've saved up the cash to do it, I don't do it. Good job. And I don't put it on a credit card because, again, I'm not paying more for something than I ought to because of the percentage rate or the interest rate on the credit card. And that's the type of discipline that you have to have in order to improve your credit score. And then it's like once you get that taste of having a FICO score that's, you know, 700 and above, it makes you want to improve that even more, you know, because I look at those little indicators on my credit, um, you know, the, the credit monitoring things, and it's like, you know, keep it in the green. Right. And, you know, 850 or 900 is that goal that you want. Um, but the, the other tip I would say, Christina, is know your credit score. A lot of us are walking around ignorant yes. of what our credit scores are and don't find out until we're getting ready to sit down and buy something. You know what, Jamal? And, and let me tell you what else I found out um, by making sure that I kind of check on mine. I found out that there were some things on my credit that shouldn't have been on there. Um, yep. And I found yep. out that, that, that there was a, a card when I was 19 years old that they never took off. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so, and, and the other part of it is student loans. Um, it's very important that you make sure you either make arrangements or you have those student loans uh, paid for, or you make arrangements with the student loans people to, because they're very friendly in terms of helping you uh, pay your student loans. I think those those yep. things are really, really important and judgments and stuff. But this is one of the things that um, I heard some people say that, you know what, I'm going to get this. This costs $5,000 and I can pay. Um, they say all I have to do is pay um, uh, $25 a month. And so uh, what they have started doing on the um, on the bill is tell you how much it costs in five years how much you would have spent. And you're absolutely right. It's double whatever it was. So if something costs $500, you're going to pay $1,500 by the time it's paid off. If you ever get to right. the point where it's paid off without getting frustrated and then decide you're not going to pay nothing because it's not, you don't see it moving. And see, for me, that's motivation to not do certain things. You know, if I got to pay, I'm a bargain shopper and bargain hunter. And I like Bill. So, you know, for me to see up front that it's going to cost me three times what I would have to pay at the time that I buy it. And it, you know, depreciates as soon as I get it. The only Achilles heel for me is vehicles. I love cars. 
And it's one thing that, you know, I can't get around because, you know, I like to buy a nice car. And if I buy a nice car, the moment I drive it off the lot after financing it, it's worth, it's worth less than, you know, what I've, I've committed to financially. Um, and unless I strike it rich and be able to walk in and pay cash um, for it without having to do that, then, you know, I, I'm stuck in that because that's something that I like. But because I have good credit, I'm now at the point where when I do go into the dealership, I'm negotiating a 0% APR or an APR of less than 3% mm-hmm. um, on a, a vehicle. And that's something that, again, previously I was not able to do because I didn't have that discipline, I didn't have that knowledge, and I was one of those people that would be sitting in a car dealership biting my nails wondering if they're going to come back and tell me I wasn't approved. Right. And, you know, that's, you know, my message. Don't get shocked. No so that you can negotiate because when you know what your scores are, there are certain things that you are able to negotiate and whether it's buying a home or, you know, um, applying for another credit card or whatever it is that you're doing um, relative to purchases, you have to know your scores. And, and the other piece is, you know, when you have good credit or when you know where your credit lies and people can't take advantage of you. Right. Um, and, you know, you talked a little bit about the whole um, gentrification process offline. And, you know, if somebody's trying to sell you something or give you a deal and you know that you have to use that deal to move to another place because you've sold the home that you're in um, due to, you know, developers coming in, that money that they offer you may not be enough to cover what you need to go where you're going. Or if you don't have the credit that's worthy to get what it is that you're trying to get, then you may be homeless with, you know, $100,000 in your pocket. And, you know, who wants to be in that situation where you've now moved from home ownership to renting? And that was by force and not by choice. Mm -hmm. So, you know, credit is power. And, you know, particularly in a black community, I think we, we, we need to do better. We can do better, but we have to have more conversations like this, Christina, in order to help people know. I I was one who was reluctant to share my testimony, but God beat me up and said, you must share. And when I shared, it blessed so many people. Thank God that, you know, I'm having conversations like this. I was invited on this show as a result of me being obedient to God and sharing my testimony. Mm -hmm. And I just pray that this continues to to bless people, but, you know, again, we have to put the work in in order to get the results that that we want. And I'm not bragging about my score. It's just the fact that God used the motivation to buy a home to help me do better in terms of not just my credit, but just being financially responsible um, in order to, you know, again, not have to um, be the borrower, but be the lender as the Bible instructs us as well you know, and, and be able to be a blessing to people instead of um, having to beg and, and rob Peter to pay Paul because I'm not financially responsible. Thank you, Jamal. I thank you so much. Our time is winding down, and we're going to go to our next segment. But I want to first say thank you very much. I've um, been encouraged about it. I've learned some things about it. And um, I believe and hope that there are others that will give their testimony and be transparent so that others will know um, what to do and what not to do uh, with their credit. So I appreciate you. I thank you. I'll probably be calling you again to talk sure. about some kind of financial or relationships because you know that's my thing too. Um, <laughs> so I'll call you, tell your wife I said hello. 
And um, I thank you very much for uh, doing this with us. So next. No, again, thank you for having us. You're welcome. 